Welcome back to another episode of the Conscious Locker Room Podcast. My name is Tully O'Connor and I'm the host and creator of the show and I am pumped to introduce you to today's guest. So today's guest, Dan Harrison, we actually met, um, we were connected via a mutual friend on, on Instagram. Um, I can't even remember really why the initial connection was made, but I, that's how I first came across Dan and his work and I just saw the stuff that he was sharing on social media and really, really vibed with the essence of what he was doing because Dan is a a certified financial planner and a business coach um, and he really helps people address both the internal and external elements of creating a rich life. And so I really just, he he was sharing quite a unique way of, of talking about money and talking about finances and that really piqued my interest. Um, so I wanted to have a conversation with him to share some of his gems um, with you guys. So Dan, he, he's also pursuing his registered therapeutic counselor designation, which basically means he'll become one of the very few people that are duly accredited in certified financial planning and registered therapeutic counseling. And this is just a testament to, I guess, his his passion for working with both the internal aspects of what's going on for us emotionally, as well as the external tactical practical things of creating a rich abundant life because yeah he really believes that financially free and emotionally connected humans are the foundation for personal familial and societal transformation so this podcast was an absolute ripper we, we dove into some really cool topics um dan shared a story about how he got himself in half a million dollars worth of debt in his early 20s and, and how he overcame that the mindset and the practical shifts that he instilled to to overcome that and really we, we dove into i guess the the practical side of creating wealth but also the the internal side of creating wealth and the fact that you need to look at your unconscious behavioral patterns if you really want to address your spending patterns it's 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 it goes hand in hand and we spoke about the fact that everything touches everything so when you're looking at at changing your your money blueprint and your financial blueprint and your financial position it actually flows on to impact every other area of your life as well um, we touched on the distinction between financial planning and financial therapy which was really cool and we spoke about sort of recreating and reinventing our financial narrative so that we can see things differently and then we can live a different life when it comes to a relationship with money. Now, we dove into, speaking of relationships with money, we dove into relationships and money. And we spoke about um, so some practical ways that you can sort of have conversations with your partner and address things when your money stories might not match up um, because we we spoke about how stressful things can be within relationship when money is an issue. Um, So yeah, we we dove into that topic as well. Um, And we also spoke about sales. Um, We spoke about, because Dan's really passionate about helping health and wellness entrepreneurs and he's really passionate about sales and helping people who are in business for themselves overcome any blocks around that as well and his take on that was really really unique and and really quite powerful so we dove into that as well and a whole lot more so without further ado enjoy the podcast all right cool so dan welcome to the podcast yeah thanks for having me my friend thanks for taking the time i know you're a busy man these days recently entered dad life and got everything else going on how um yeah how are you coping with it all uh, 
I'm I'm doing well. I feel like as a like knowing what my wife has had to go through, I I like don't have like <laughs> I have to get up early. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, that perspective. Yeah. So it's uh it's it's good and it's like the best the best um trend phase of my life so far, for sure. Mm, amazing. Beautiful. Cool. So we'll kick things off and I'll ask you the question that I've been asking uh, each of the guys that, that jump on yeah. and that's what's a significant challenge you've overcome in your life might be recent, might be a long time ago. And, and what did you learn from that challenge? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I'll speak to the ones that revolve around uh, money. Mm. I think that's what we're going to probably get into on this call. And, yeah. and one of my, I've had many challenges that uh, I've overcome still. I'm, there's still lots that I'm still overcoming, but, um, mm. but the one that was, has kind of shaped like the largest, almost like a detour of my life was um, when I was 20 I had this great idea that I was going to be a condo developer and build a beautiful condo project. And um, I had no idea what I was doing. And I was making $8 an hour as a server. And this was in 2006. And so I like, you know, got some papers together. I put a business plan together. I walked into the bank and said, here's my idea. And then they, uh, and then I spent it. Uh, and uh, then the project totally bombed, and I was left with a half million dollar line of credit and oh. debt, uh, making eight bucks an hour, and that was like this seemingly insurmountable mess. Um, mm. and then I remember thinking, like, the only like I'm way too young to go bankrupt. I can't go bankrupt yet. I'm only 21. So I was just like in, started reading every book, went into the bank like every weekend, um, just trying to get information from people and, and learn. And then I was in the bank so much that they eventually gave me a job. And that's <laughs> how my career in finance got started. Incredible. Amazing. Wow. And then eight, uh, eight years later, uh, I, I did eventually pay off the debt and, and sell the house mm. and, uh, yeah, start my own company and, and shift from there. Yeah. Phenomenal. And so what would, that's yeah, an incredible story <laughs> and a big <laughs> challenge to overcome. And I think it's a pertinent one. I, I don't know the exact stats on it, but a huge chunk of, I know the Australian households are in a fairly significant amount of debt. I'm sure you're probably more versed on on the stats around that but overcoming debt is a challenge that a lot of people face and maybe it's not half a million dollars worth of debt but still that that concept of overcoming debt is not a rare a rare challenge to overcome so what would you share as a couple of things that you learned in that in that process i guess tactically but also emotionally or mentally how you approached it as well yeah <clears throat> this is interesting. So when I, you know, when you get in the, when you get knocked down and you're in the shit, that's when you usually start being like, okay, maybe I don't know everything. And then you're mm. like, oh, I'm learning something new. 
and then so uh so that was when i started getting into like personal development and you know the secret had just come out around then and you know uh bob proctor and all this like abundance mindset stuff and i was like pretty naive back then thinking like okay i'm gonna have an abundant mindset and <laughs> this is all going to change. If I just read thinking grow rich enough times, <laughs> my, my life will change. And, um, and it's like, I, I'll sometimes say this. I'm like, your abundance mindset doesn't do jack shit. If you don't understand like the, the system, the, there, there is a system that exists that mm. is systematically orchestrated and designed to oppress you and keep you, in a state of debt. Mm. And so you can think as great as you want, you know, happy. Yeah. Um, but if you don't understand the system that you're playing in, then uh, you'll be stuck. So it's, it's both. You have to understand um, like the rules of the game. Yeah. And then when you understand the rules and you combine that with, uh, you know, a possibility perspective or the, the, you can tap into that, inner innate being of like creativity then you can create some freedom but um mm. but yeah it is both of those pieces yeah uh, that's required what do you feel most people are missing the people that come in and work with you do you feel because i feel like it can go both ways like you can be working really hard and doing a lot of action trading like and not actually be opening yourself up but there's definitely a lot of I'm going to do my affirmations and all of that, but not do, do the work. Yeah. It's funny. I, I, I could probably, you could probably almost categorize them into there's entrepreneurs and employees and they both have the opposite sides of the equation. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the entrepreneurs are great at the like thinking of like creativity and then uh, employees are great at like just following the rules and, and you know, playing within the, the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so talk to us about the rules, the rules of the game. Because like my journey with this is interesting. Part of my life I was an employee yeah. and part of my life I've been an entrepreneur and I've had bigger access to money when I've been working for myself and in business. But in terms of savings, systems, how structured I was, how it was much better, you could say, when I was an employee because yeah. the system was a bit easier. Well, I know I'm getting paid that much every single fortnight so I can do some really simple math and right. know what I've got to play with. Whereas when it went to that fluctuating income and all of that, to be honest, like I'm still just starting to get a finger on the pulse now, three and a half, four years later. So well, me too, my friend, it's like, yeah, that's yeah. the entrepreneurial life. It's like, mm. I, I, it is uh I don't know if it ever really ends, but you know, you can, I mean, it does cause you can, you, you what you end up doing is create systems. Like mm -hmm. when you're an entrepreneur, it's a blank slate. When you're an employee, you're just in somebody else's system. Gotcha. So, so the, uh, but the rules of the game. So the reason that most people don't know these, um, is because it's, they're hidden in a really, really boring book. <laughs> It's the, <laughs> it's the tax code of your country. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just felt this collective cream pucker <laughs> at the same time. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like it. It's like I get it. That uh, so I, you know, I eventually like I went back to school. I became a certified financial planner, mm. uh, and and um, and I worked with both employees and entrepreneurs when I was working like for one of the big institutions. And mm-hmm. um, it always dawned on like how easy an employee like it's not rocket science i'm like why you don't even need me like uh you could probably do this yourself but um and uh but the entrepreneur they like they have a different there's just a they have different problems and mm. playing a different game yeah and um yeah and and so that has been one of the big shifts like when i started my own company uh and and just kind of moved more into consulting it is mm-hmm. to help entrepreneurs with exactly that. It's, yeah. uh, it's helping them build the systems and structures, build their plans so that they can create some consistency in the mm-hmm. cash flow and some predictability so that they can eventually, um, or not even like they've got a better shot at creating passive income sooner than, than the employee. But, yeah. but anyways, so go back to your other point. It's like the rules are in the tax uh the tax code yeah. and you don't have to know them all but even if you just know a few of them then mm. start to see like you know why does the government give a tax incentive for this or mm-hmm. a tax credit for this it's like because they're trying to influence certain behavior um God, yeah if you can see that then you can start to play the game better mm. and yeah. so do the rules then are the rules country specific obviously if the tax code is different or are there a couple of like basic rules that, that you could share? Yeah. I think like on the tax side of things, uh, I would say it's country specific, Mm. but, but in terms of like, but all countries kind of operate on the same, um, they have the same debt based economy and the same systems. Mm. so the the individual taxes might be a little different, but the the system is kind of all set up the same. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't want to make it sound like oh, there's some like you know hidden uh, you know conspiracy conspiracy force. It's like it's not like that. It's just like there's just literally some some man-made laws that mm. that uh, are there to govern. Mm-hmm. And when you understand them, you can actually subvert them. And you yeah. don't have to understand them all. It's just like some of the basic ones. Yeah. And um, like, for example, uh, if you own a company, you would pay 13% in tax, as opposed to if you're an employee, where you could pay as high as 45% tax. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, so that's like 30% difference. Taxes are your biggest bill. When you think about sales tax, income, I mean, I'm sure we didn't tr- start this podcast to talk about taxes, but yeah. anyway. Now that we're <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think it's important because a lot of the people listening, I'm sure in some respect are working for themselves, are those solopreneurs. So they, I guess, you know, there's a lot of self-employed people thinking they're running a business, but they're actually just self-employed. And even just highlighting this point, the first thing that you've shared when I've asked about the rules, you've gone, look at the taxes. So that in itself is a little yeah. wake up that I know I've needed and I think would be beneficial for, for a lot of the people listening. And, and so, 
Let me, I'll just finish that point off with one other thing. You actually don't have to know them. Yeah. I have a really good accountant who, <laughs> um, like, I don't want to spend all my time going through that stuff. So mm. I pay a little fee every year and they do that. And so mm. it's just like if you find a good accountant that you trust, that's all you have to do. Really. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. And so I w- I'd love to hear about the distinction between financial planning and financial therapy. Ah. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> been in this finance world for uh, 14 years now. Mm. And I have sat across kitchen tables in business boardroom meetings, in different company meetings, thousands of people, all different walks of life, all very like, you know, the, the 90 year old who's planning an estate and the 17 year old who is finishing uh, high school. Mm. And so I everything. And when I think, so there, every single one of those people has a very unique relationship with money and they have beliefs about money and they have like actual situation in terms of like how much money they can make, how much debt they have. And after seeing all of these different cases, it was like, um, what I realized is the people who could make things change, they addressed something more than a budget or tweaking their investment portfolio. Mm. They looked at, they were the ones who started questioning like, whoa, I'm just taking the same advice from my mom. Like I'm doing the same thing my mom did. My mom uh, paid off her mortgage really quickly and now I'm paying off my mortgage really quickly. But you're in a very different economic environment. And so it's like, that's like a simple example. So we all have these, um, uh, we have an internal relationship with money and then it's expressed outwardly on your balance sheet. Gotcha. And so you, and, and so they're, they're, the distinction is financial planning is looking at the actual numbers, looking at your cash flow, your insurances, your taxes, your investments, your retirement plan, and then financial therapy is looking at uh, your behaviors, your habits, your beliefs, your core values, um, your and 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 um, and then looking at how they align with what's showing up in your finances. Mm. And and what you can see is it's a beautiful mirror, and so. And so if you want to change something in your, finan- in your finances, it's like every financial planner that I ever knew, they didn't touch this financial therapy stuff. So all mm. they could do is look at, okay, well, save some money here. Don't spend on this and no more coffees for you. But yeah. inevitably, they'll still drink the coffee. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, financial therapy is this space um, – that I'm stepping into that is, that's just like an exploration of the internal relationship that you have with money and dissecting Mm. it. And, and the, the basic idea would be inside your head right now, you've got a, a story that is going around and around and it's, you know, a narrative about money. 
from, and that's been planted there from parents and society and everything. Mm. And that narrative um, is what I'm interested in when I work with clients to spill it out onto the piece of paper, have like write it all out, everything that you can remember. And then we wordsmith it and we rework it and we reframe it and we, and we recreate that narrative and then plant that mother back in there in, and um, so that you can start to see differently. And when you can see differently, then everything changes. Yeah. 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 And so it's more looking at the, it's almost like the budget is the what, like that's what's happening. And then the financial therapy addresses why, like why is this happening and asking those deeper questions. It's like symptom and root cause. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah. And then looking at both. And do you find um, when you go and look at these uh, stories, beliefs around money with people and you start to shift those, have you noticed correlations between, shifting those money stories and then other aspects of their life and belief system shifting because everything touches everything, you know? So yeah, speak into that a little bit. Well, I know that you and, and, um, um, your partner, Kat, Kat, um, uh, share a lot about relationships and, uh, and so I suspect you've probably read all the good books on relationships like Harville Hendricks and, you know, how to get the love you want and, and, you know, learn the Imago dialogue and, and all of these kind of things. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and how they would, uh, in relationship therapy, you know, they, they would say that your the unmet needs of your, um, of your childhood, you'll find a partner that will mirror those for you so that you can then heal them. Mm. Right? Or, or like in theory, or you mm. just are doomed to um, recreate your childhood. Wounds. Yeah. Um, so I'm working on this theory that I actually, I, I think that there, it can be true that like your unmet financial needs um, uh, as a child, you'll find a partner who like you're, you're that's also true. Like you're recreating mm an experience of your childhood around money um, and you, you kind of find these, these balances or, or yeah. uh, to, to, to touch. And so, yeah, when people start changing these, these beliefs around money, it definitely like it, it changes the relationship for sure. Mm. And really what's going on is um, the work that I do, I, it like basically, uh, let's, I'll, I'll say how I do it, like for myself. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. how I do it for like all of my clients. But for mm-hmm. me, it's like there's an identity that, that I can see. And mm-hmm. this little bastard is like a sneaky little bastard. And I have got to like be on the lookout for him. And, um, and he's like, he is there to keep me comfortable. And he's there to just like, the same old thing mm. uh, like life as normal and growing up, you know, we didn't have a ton. My mom had a bunch of debt, like the same stories, lots of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that little bastard is, <laughs> is, is 
like is just always there. And so I literally go to war with this, this guy. Mm. And it's just like, no more. Like I can see you. Mm. And, and I have got a, an image of myself that I've like, that I've handpicked, that I've curated, that is um, my, the highest version of myself that I can, uh, that I can see for right now. Mm. And it's like this image that I have of myself is the highest version of myself. And then this little wiener, <laughs> it's, it's like, and, and you'll be surprised when you have that awareness, how many times you have the opportunity to choose which self am I going to operate from this one mm. or this one? Is this in uh, regards to financially, which self, which, yeah, decisions, well, which buying decisions, which investment decisions? Like, yeah. Like to your point earlier, it's like, does it impact other areas of your life? It's like this image of, of myself is like incredibly wealthy, calm, mm. generous. Um, he's also jacked and loving <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and, and so, I, and I don't think the, like I'll take, I'll be like warm in the shower in the morning. I'm like, Oh, you're warm. Are you? You're comfortable. Okay. You're getting a cold shower. <laughs> and, and it's like, that's a very physical example of mm. that choice. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and because there's like that level of control in my thinking, then it spills over into how I spend, how I invest, mm. how I do everything until eventually this little, weenie self is replaced by a higher version yeah and yeah. and i can embody that self uh much more and so that would is like the process of mm. financial therapy where it's like distinguishing that that smaller self creating a, a a bigger um connecting with the already highest self that you are and then mm. being conscious in your day-to-day which one you're being and yeah. the more times you choose this every time you get to embody that fuller and fuller yeah i love it i love it and yeah that makes a lot of sense and i it's funny i've never thought about that concept of either the inner critic or the the separate self in relation to money and spending before whereas in relationship if there's a disagreement or whatever i'll check in and be like who's actually speaking here who's showing up right now is this you know patterning conditioning like yep. who's taking things personally or is it and i'll literally ask myself who's who's speaking right now who's yeah. here and i've never thought to do that mm. who's spending who wants to buy that thing or who and even just asking that question i think is powerful because it's it makes the switch easy rather than yeah. having to do all of this work to change myself it's like actually just recognizing the separate parts and in that moment making that decision and then yeah. knowing if you make that decision from the higher self perspective often enough, it'll change. Totally. And you don't have to like, it's not like a thing that you have to keep on doing at like forever. Mm. It's, it's like when you go, um, like when you go to the gym, uh, it, well, it just becomes a habit. So it's not like in the beginning, it's like, it's like some conscious work, right? Like, you gotta yeah. like uh, <laughs> oh God, which one am I choosing? And it's painful. Yeah. It, totally, and, and it's like, it's humbling. Mm. It's, it's like, it's just humbling. And, um, 
Well, I was lucky enough. I worked with uh, Bob Proctor, and I worked with him for three years as a wow. life consultant. So, um, I was, uh, yeah, did his mastermind groups and and mm-hmm. um, sold his material and and um, and got trained by him. And and he was the first one who really helped me understand the power of like the self image in mm-hmm. a way that relates to money. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it's, it's that idea um, that it's like, there is an image that you have of yourself that relates to money. And, um, and that image of self is what's producing all of the results in your life. And it's mm-hmm. why people who are homeless and win the lottery are homeless again in four years. And on average, 80%. And it's why um, millionaires can go totally bankrupt and be millionaires again. It's like there's a mm-hmm. there's an image of themselves that their outer world is just in, in alignment with. So yeah. Um, yeah, and, and that's true, and it's like it's it that's the work. Yeah. 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 Yeah, beautiful. Um, I'd love to touch more. We kind of went there a little bit, but money and couples, money and relationship. And in terms of, yeah, that's a, it's a juicy, juicy topic that we could probably spend a lot of time on. Um, yeah, just in, in your work and what you've seen, if, if a household wants to change its financial situation, do both people need to be doing this work or does one person, can one person lead and the other person follow? Because my understanding of it is we've each got our own money blueprints and then as we come together in relationship they kind of merge to form a almost like a third money blueprint that governs the relationship so i'd love to hear your experience working with individuals and working with couples and and what you've seen in that respect totally um well what i've seen is that there's every single couple does it like a little like there's it's so different (laughs) yeah like I, I would, I used to um, subscribe to the idea like, okay, you know, you're married, merge everything. It's merged anyway, legally. Um, and I've seen couples where that actually just doesn't work for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, it, it kind of goes like this. It's like most people have never explored their own money blueprint or their own money story. So now you've got one unconscious money story and another unconscious money story and then you bring them together under one house and they wonder why they fight about money all the time yes and so it's like um and my wife and i are no exception like we have very different programming around money mm-hmm. uh, i'm an entrepreneur through and through and she had a nursing job because she was going to be like a a good stable income mm. and why oh because her dad was an entrepreneur and had variable income. Mm. So who does she pick as a partner? An entrepreneur with variable yeah. income. <laughs> what was yeah. my mom? My mom worked in the university, had a very stable, consistent income. Yeah. So uh, there's like that that's all part of it. But I, I think what uh, what I know to be true that works and what's so important is it's like it just comes down to communication. Mm. And and being able to hear, like really understand, like get out of your own head and actually 
hear what your partner is trying to say. Mm. Um, because I know, uh, yeah, money has a lot of triggers yeah. and, and, um, for men, especially, I think there's a lot of their like self-worth is all wrapped up and tied up into money and their, mm. their net worth. And, and so if, if that gets threatened in some way, then it's like trigger city. Um, and the reality is, is like those triggers have nothing to do with your partner. Yeah. And they have everything to do with like your own shit. And so, uh, if your partner's trying to tell you something, it's like, can you get outside of yourself? Mm -hmm. Can you listen? Can you recreate them? Can you um, have them feel heard and acknowledged? And when I know in my own relationship, when I do that, it's like, uh, it's like a healing experience. Yeah. And uh, not easy. Mm. And, and uh, but yeah, so when it comes to like couples and, and money, it's like, I think the only thing there is to do is each person individually has to do their own work. Yeah. They have to explore what their own blueprints and beliefs and stories are. And then if you have a relationship where you're on the same page and you can share that with the other person, then mm. that alone offers a depth of perspective that fosters connection and intimacy and and allows for um just like understanding mm. and uh and you know and then last thing i'll say about that in terms of like i shared a little bit about kind of our relationship so my wife went back to school mm -hmm. uh, got her master's in psychology and counseling so she's a therapist and uh and is now a, has a private practice and is an entrepreneur Mm. and I've spent the last however long three years in my own business building passive streams of income so that I could have uh, steady stable income so there's been like there's been a shift mm. and but it, it and it hasn't been easy but we've been able to navigate that because of the communication and that commitment to um, to hearing each other Mm, yeah beautiful and it's like it's no different to any other part of relationship we need to do our own to look at our abandonment wounds or, or any other it's like you need to be doing your own work to bring your own triggers to awareness and it's so i guess refreshing to hear that it's it's just the same thing with money i just think <laughs> people it, it's one that can get avoided i think maybe because it is trigger city or mm -hmm. people just don't have that same understanding around it because it's, it's so deeply linked to safety. There's that deep conditioning that money equals safety. No money, not safe. Money, safe. Okay. So if money's threatened or, or not, then it's like, whoa, I'm not safe. And, and then it's like straight into conditioned responses and, yeah. and those kinds of things. Very much so. Yeah. 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 So like some people, you know, yeah. I don't care what anybody says. Like when, when money is flowing through the family and the household, it's like, it's way nicer than when it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's the, like, okay, maybe it can't buy you happiness, but it can buy you like a whole less lot, lot of fights. And <laughs> it's yeah. like, you can just have different conversations. Yeah. 
Definitely. And, and I've like, have seen that in the couples that, that we work with and the way I kind of like to explain or think about it is you've got two people operating inside the culture of a relationship and anything that puts that culture under stress will then put the two people under stress. So, yeah. and then that's when the arguments and fights or the conditioned responses happen when there's that stress. So if you can relieve that stress on the overall con- like culture of the relationship, then things are going to feel better. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Beautiful. Um, and you touched on something before that I think is, is really important to talk about as well is the link between, for men especially, between money or, or net worth or, or that mm-hmm. sense of providing and, and self-worth and how they feel about themselves. And obviously over the last 40, 50 years, there's been a big, switch in terms of dual income households and the roles are less segregated and it's kind of I feel like and I know personally when I've been in in times in my business where I haven't been bringing money and things have been tight it's it has affected how I feel about myself as the man of of the household so yeah I'd love your your insight into that as well yeah I think I think we're we're heading into a very interesting time mm um, when you look at like <clears throat> the different evolutions of like agriculture age, industrial age, um, you know, technology, now we're kind of moving into the, like this information age mm. and, um, and, uh, so when I went to elementary school, most of my teachers were women. Um, was is that the same for you? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the same for 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 most people. And so so the education system um, is like is set up in such a way. Well, so Danny Glover, or not Danny Glover. Oh, what's <laughs> no more, no more Mister Nice Guy. Um, oh, Glover is his last name. But um, yeah he speaks to it really well in, in that book. And he, and he talks about how, uh, you know, little boys of, of our age bracket, um, were kind of like raised to, uh, in a, in a society of like women. And so mm. a lot of divorce happened, uh, like mm. dads, um, our dads. And, um, and so boys were, raised by moms and then in education systems is like raised with a predominantly female uh, teacher role and uh, or female teachers. And so a lot of our energy went to like doing what uh, like almost as a survival mechanism, but like to please women. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and is the reason I bring this up is because uh, when the other thing I noticed in, in school is like, I was not a very great student, like the school system being, but the, the girls in my classes were always so smart, like so smart. And, um, and my, uh, there's something about like going into this information age, the ability to disseminate and package information is becoming one of the most valuable assets around. Mm. Um, I think it's something like it's 
yeah, multi-million dollar industry, like the information mm-hmm. age, the, the, the uh, people are buying knowledge products. It's like information has become this massive uh, industry. Mm-hmm. And I look at my, my wife and she is a therapist with a ton of knowledge, incredibly smart. And she is a stay at home mom and she's likely going to be able to package her content and way out earn me. Yeah. Like uh, there's a very, very good chance of that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I see that I have a lot of friends who are in the same position. And, mm. and also when you look at like the kind of female, um, uh, like feminism and the, and the, the evolution that has happened there and the power dynamic mm. is shifting. And then, and then you, yeah, there's just like a, there's a massive power shift that's happening financially, politically, socially. And, and I think um, if men don't start to like wake up and start to like get out of outside of those gender norms or the you know like how this is how it's always been yeah they just trampled on and Mm -hmm. lost and in fact that's already happening that's why there's so much like suicide you know men are the biggest risk of suicide and and i think that it has to do with yeah it's like i I did a pretty poor job of like tying all that together but but you know basically there's there's just this massive shift Mm. power struggle power dynamic shift and men are being I think called to evolve. Yeah. And um and it's not about making just making more money like it yeah. used to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's almost like that provider role has been taken away. It's like men have this innate need to want to provide. Yeah. And that used to be really simple because you'd go to the factory or you'd go to the work and you'd earn the money and you'd be like, cool, I'm providing. I can not do much else and I'm still providing and I'm needed and I'm relied upon and my position is stable. Yeah, and It's like that's been taken away, it's just swept out. And then it's like, holy shit, if I'm, not, if I'm not providing in that way, what the hell do I have to offer? And, and that's, yeah, this. And I, and I think if you were to shift that where it goes – um, cause maybe it's, it's not providing in the traditional way, mm. but, but what's missing is like purpose. Yeah. And so it's like, if that's almost, you know, I've never really seen it that way, but it's like, okay, what if men were just called to shift from providing to purpose? Yeah. Like, uh, and, and I think that that's just like, like men do, there are certain, um, yeah, like I just do better. I'm like a happier man if I have a clear objective and I am like going for it and it's like my, I have a purpose. Mm. <clears throat> um, yeah, that's like part of being a man, I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and so, but it, it's just kind of shifting and it's requiring us to work in partnership. It's requiring us to be more than just individuals. It's requiring us to expand our definition of self. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, anyways. Yeah. Which requires some level of emotional literacy, which can be missing or foreign territory for a lot of guys, I find. So totally. that can be where some of the avoidance comes from. It's like, 
well, I don't know the rules of the game, so to speak. We spoke about the rules of the money game. Then there's the rules of the, I guess, communication game. And it's if you don't know the rules, we don't understand it. We naturally fear it. And we, because yeah. men are resilient, we can bog down and we can just be like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> and it slowly builds, you know, that resilience is a, is a, a really powerful tool, but it can also be the death of us quite literally for some yeah. people. So it's, it's, it's understanding that collectively things have shifted and they're not shifting back. Yeah. So it's like the change is going to have to take place. So you can either lean into it and be proactive about it or yeah. you can resist it and hurt <laughs> until totally. it gets that hurt gets strong enough and then you're forced into it. Totally. Yeah. I, th- I think that's why like the work that you're doing with men and, and couples is so important. And, and, um, uh, but six, seven months, no, nine months ago, I joined, um, like a men's group, mm. uh, which is just like online. It's called the Samurai Brotherhood. Uh, and there's, there's more of these. I've seen them on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like super cool. And there's, there's lots, there's like, like we are coming together. We're like connecting in ways that we haven't before. And we're like, mm. it, it is kind of an exciting time as well. So mm. it's like, it's just like, it's, you know, entrepreneurs know this feeling well. It's like this, there's something new emerging and being created and, and you're uncertain of what it's going to look like. And uh, mm. you're like afraid and excited at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like, yeah, that's probably like the general state of men right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, and that shift to, to focusing on purpose and having money be secondary almost is because it's, it's almost as if, and I know in my life when I've been on purpose and like you say, had that goal and feel like I'm doing fulfilling work, the money just kind of ends up there. Like I've, I've kind of got an, and I'm feeling better. Whereas if I'm focused only on money and it's not fulfilling, often yeah. sometimes, you know, there's no guarantee that the money is going to be there when, you, when you're working for yourself. And then if it's not fulfilling either, that's when I've almost, so it's like making that switch that yes, acknowledge money is important. It's a very important part of life. But if you make it the be all and end all, that's where suffering can, can come yeah. in. 100% agree. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when those two things align, when you're like doing work that you love and, and you're like good at, um, and you're like actually helping people Mm. and, and people pay you happily, like, like, yes, take my money. It's, uh, man, that's such a good feeling and like Mm. state to, to be in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like getting all of those pieces to, yeah, align. Yeah. Purpose, passion and mm. profits. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that requires developing new skill sets all in itself. And, and one thing, and I, I loved your, I saw a post a little while ago about your shift in your recognition of how good you are and passionate you are about sales. Mm, as, a, yeah. as a topic because everything you're talking about if you want to generate your own income and do your own thing and be on purpose it's you need to learn how to sell and there's just this collective aversion to sales i found and oh, i yeah. i had it like as a health professional as a physio 
I yeah. never had to sell a thing. They did that at the reception desk. Right. So I'm just like, I'm just here out of the good of my heart, helping people and then money ends up in my bank account right. and I don't have to sell. And so I had, it, it was a lot of yeah. work to overcome that and be comfortable and be proud that then I'm now good at that. And, yeah. and I feel, I know a lot of, of your audience are, are working for themselves. I know you work with a lot of health and wellness entrepreneurs and definitely a lot of my audience are either in that self-employed realm or, or wanting to go there yeah. and it's marketing and sales. But sales specifically, so many people have such an aversion to and yeah, I'd love to yeah pick your brain about what you've observed, what you've learned, especially working with people like Bob Proctor and, and all of that. Yeah, how can you, if you can share something to shift and open people up to that, I'd love to hear your insight into that whole arena. Okay, I'm going to share two things. Uh, one is a story. And, and uh, actually, the first thing I'll share with you is just like the best advice I ever got that like makes it so easy to sell. But um, so the, the, the concept is like if selling is weird for you, then you're way too focused on you. Mm. Right? So, like that's it. If, if it's weird or that like that uncomfortable, then you're just so focused on your own insecurities, your own like f- fear of looking bad, your own shit. It's like if you actually got out of your own head and that's the challenging part, right? So that's like when you look at like skill sets to develop, it's why I think like the ability to think properly, the ability to like even just meditate and get some space between you and your thoughts is huge. Mm. Um, and, uh, and will definitely impact your ability to sell. Um, because once you can separate yourself and you can kind of take a, a third person perspective on life, it's like, you're just up here, just like, you're, you're not attached to anything. You can just like observe yourself yeah. and then this other person and you can be like, Oh, you actually need, do you need this? No, maybe not. What do you need? Oh, it's something way over here. Hey, let me help you with the, like, but if you're in your own head, you're like, I got to get this or trying to get like the difference is, yeah. uh, Everything changed in my own financial life. The moment I shifted from trying to get to focusing on giving. Mm. And that. Uh, I mean, it's simple, simply said, it's a simple concept, not mm. as easy to do, yeah. but, but that's the distinction between a scarcity mindset and an abundant one. And, um, mm. and what's and, been your biggest challenge in adopting that? Cause like you say, that's common said, I see it on Instagram a lot, focus on giving, yeah. not getting and all of that. And I think a lot of people, like you say, get that in theory, but when it comes down to the crunch, we'll still drop into that scarcity. So yeah. yeah, like how did you go from understanding that to like embodying that in, in your being? So I was lucky enough. I worked, I had a great mentor mm. and I worked as a consultant inside his business mm-hmm. that was obsessed with philanthropy and giving. Amazing. So I was immersed in a culture of giving mm. and that is the, that's the thing. It's like, you want to learn French, go to France and like (laughs) have an immersion experience. And Mm. it's partly why, you know, um, 
I mean, the things that I've created in terms of like I've created a course and a community that mm. that offers a space for people to get it. Uh, a, well, it gives them a space to be immersed inside uh, a culture that was similar to the one that I was immersed in that mm -hmm. radically changed my life. Um, yeah, and then uh, yeah, so that that's what that is. And then the other thing is like you'll you'll know. Like you'll go through life, you'll go through like day to day and you'll get these nudges if you're like in tune mm. and, um, and it'll be these like intuitive nudges to maybe make a call or like answer somebody's text mm. or give somebody some money or just like, like do something outside of yourself. Um, that's like maybe uncomfortable, maybe like you're not feeling it in the mood for it or something. It's like, yeah if you can develop a practice of like feeling that and then doing it anyway, mm. uh, that's kind of the same idea. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. Cause it's such a, a, and I find it's, it's quite healing work as well, because a lot of the insecurities, a lot of the stuff that's in the way of, like you say, getting out of your own way, again, that touches everything else. Like when I got more confident selling, quote unquote, I just got more confident in myself right. and, and <laughs> less attached to outcomes in general in life and all of these, these things. Yeah. And it's such a powerful, I guess, training ground for just self-development. And if you can learn skills that are going to help your business and all of that at the same time, then, then it's a win. Totally, which is like kind of a perfect segue to this. I don't know why the story popped up in my head, but... Um, so I've, I've been in sales ever since I sold the, the bank, this idea to do a land development deal. Yeah. <laughs> Started <laughs> strong in your sales yeah. career. <laughs> I'm going for the big one. Um, but, uh, but it's amazing the anxiety and fear that gets triggered um, when you've got to like come up with, you've got to go connect with another human, mm. right? Like, that you don't know another stranger. And so I worked with, um, we're called investors group. They're out of here in Canada. I worked with them for five years. And back then it's like, it's weird. I'm only 34, but I sometimes feel like I've got these stories where like the same stories that these 60 years, like, Oh, when I was your age, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, we didn't have like laptop computer. We had laptops, but they were shitty and like yeah. old school. DOS computer style like that was literally working conditions when I was in finance wow. um, 06 right so old school and um, and they so I you know I was doing cold calling just like straight out of a phone book just okay we're starting with S hello mr. Da -da -da. yeah wow. and and, uh, and then so and the story that popped into my head was I hated cold calling and just like the anxiety of like, Oh gosh, okay. I'm going to just randomly call. <laughs> and so I decided I was going to try something different. And, um, I, this is before I had any concept of giving or any, or like any of this, but, uh, as like, I'm just going to actually try and meet people face to face. And mm. so I got a, a water cooler and I filled it with ice and uh, 36 water bottles. 
And I walked out in a hot day in my three-piece suit from the, uh, from the institution. And I stood on the corner of a busy street. And, um, and then people would walk by the street and they'd be sweating and hot. And, and uh, like, oh, would you like water? They're like, yeah, I would. And then I would go, oh, there's a catch. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was, and then I kind of laugh and joke. And uh, they go, uh, I'm like, don't worry, it's really easy. Um, and I, I give them the water and I say, all you have to do is tell me like one of your goals, just like something that you really want. They're like, I want a boat. Like, what kind of boat? Like a sailboat. How much is that? 20,000. I'm like, when do you want it by? Three years. I would pull out my calculator. Yeah. And, uh, and then I'd pull out my card and I'd put $350 a month. And I'd give them my card. And uh, I'd say, if you want that boat, all you have to do is save $350 a month. Uh, and you can have that in three years. If you want me to show you how the government can pay for that, give me a call. <laughs> and, um, I love it. And that was uh, such, I was so nervous and so anxious doing that, but, um, but I grew so much in that process. And, uh, and also, um, yeah, about $900,000 in assets of mm. people uh, from that. Wow. Of just different mutual funds and accounts that were transferred um, and so it's like this, this kind of cool thing that I sometimes miss where yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. And there's like fear and then there's like the other side. And on the other side of that is like infinite possibility. And sometimes mm. like, yeah, sometimes I, I get, I miss that. Yeah. Because now we can use Facebook ads and all this other stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, that's at scale and um it's interesting though because that in-person stuff builds that sense of confidence and connection. I find more than throwing an ad up, a Facebook ad up, totally. and I find a lot of people there's this rise of you know the personal personal brand and all of that. And I feel like if at your core you're insecure, you're you know, like fearful of people and, and all of that, then it's much harder to build a personal brand where you're confident and, and all of this stuff and trying to sell. And like, there's a big gap there. So I feel like even though we can um, go completely online, I feel like the people that are really successful with it over the long term, they might, you know, you might get one good ad or whatever, but over the long term, longevity, that inner work and that belly to belly confidence and connection with people. I feel it's still such an important piece, but it gets avoided because it is uncomfortable. So it's like, no, nah, I'm just going to play over here and try and take better photos and write better copy. And so, yeah, yeah it's a really powerful story. It's actually the, it's also the, um, it's like the paradox of online marketing because on one hand, as an online marketer, <clears throat> which pretty much everybody is, if you're mm. like, if, you, if you're an entrepreneur or have anything to sell. Um, so you are, uh, the online marketing world is all about how do you scale? How do you automate? How do you scale? How do you like build systems and structures so that you can grow this thing? But the consumer, what the consumer wants is connection. Mm, and yes. so it's like, so, so we have a world of online marketers who are trying to scale 
that move further and further away from the one thing that the customer wants. Mm. And so it's like, so the question becomes, how can you scale with connection? Mm. And whoever figures that out, whoever does that well, and, and really all it is, is it's going deep instead of going wide. Mm. And that's it. So it's like, we do a podcast, right? Like I think what you're doing here, you get, you do a podcast and you get to do an hour and a bit and just do a deep dive into like, you know, somebody's life. And, uh, and hopefully somebody listening that this, this ends up being uh, helpful or there's some insight or, or they, they, they have some nuggets they can take away. Um, and that's deep, that's deep content uh, mm. where they know you and they get to know me, you know, inside yeah. of this conversation. Um, and so, yeah, the people who figure that out are going are gonna to win. Mm. I love that overlap. I love that. The, the simplicity in that distinction I haven't sort of seen laid out before like that because it is the temptation is to just scale or automate but if you're doing that too early or, or without the connection and again longevity is is the game and i feel like there's this addiction to instant gratification and how can i just make something happen in the next six months rather than being like hang on like let's talk longevity for my family for me it's like let's play the bigger game here and, and learn the rules of the game yeah. then, the money game the marketing game all of that rather than just like download free thing like how can i i guess that scarcity approach like oh my god i need to build it now and and so you're making all these short-term decisions and you end up on a you've got out of the nine to five grind hamster wheel and you end up on this new shinier it might look different but it's the same it's the same hamster wheel 100 percent. and it's like all it takes literally all it takes for everybody on the hamster wheel it's like this is it just like get off for a week, stop, <laughs> like just stop. The world will still be there. And then, and then it's like, and plan, just like think, plan, uh, like put it onto paper, think, yeah. And, and then just like, and do that thing instead of, you know, I see an ad and they're telling me I should do this and now I should do that. And no, you're in control of your own life, man. Step yeah. back, build your own plan, your own life. And uh, yeah, and you don't have to know all the rules. You just like, honestly, you just have to like choose the ones that you want to play by. Yeah, beautiful. Love it. Awesome, man. I love everything that we've dived into on this conversation. It's been great. Yeah, cool. Did you have anything else, um, yeah, that you felt like sharing with the listeners before we before we start to wrap things up in terms of things that we've gone into that we didn't quite flesh out or, or anything else that you feel is really prominent in a lot of the people you're working with now that we haven't covered? Um, yeah, I think, I think like if I have like something to say to any, to anybody that is, it's like money is such a relative thing and uh, you need to distinguish how, you know, what your success looks like because yours and mine and everybody's is going to look different. And, um, 
and there's not one right way to do it. And you can, it's like this beautiful life that we live where we are literally free to create whatever the hell we want. <laughs> is like amazing. And so um, it's like, I, I just like want to encourage people to like, just using that same analogy, like get off the hamster wheel, like take it, just like relax, chill. And, and like, ask yourself, like, what do I really want? And, and what do I want to create? Not because that person's doing that or anything else other than like, I'm free to create. Um, and, uh, and just like lean into that and go there. And then the only other thing is like, get help. Mm. Ask, ask, like, be humble. Uh, the more I learn, the less I know. And so it's like, <laughs> I'm, I, I, I think, and nothing gets me to the next level faster than working with coaches, working with, you know, I'm not going to learn the tax code, but I'll find somebody who does. Mm. And I really don't have to, I felt like, I, I know if I was listening to all that earlier about all the rules of the game, I might've felt overwhelmed, but mm. it's like, you don't have to know. You got to know what you want and then you got to go mm. find help and mm -hmm. that's it. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's all I'd probably Beautiful. have. Beautiful. Powerfully simple advice. I love it. I love <laughs> it. And, um, yeah, before we chat about, cause I know you've got a, a course coming up and, and, um, I know you do, yeah, work with people in various forms. Um, but before we chat about that, I'd love to hear a bit about your vision and what you're creating um, and what's, what's inspiring for you at the moment because I really believe in the power of speaking our visions into existence, obviously combining that with action, but you never know who's listening. Um, you might either be inspired or, yeah, so I'd love to hear what's, what's exciting for you. What are you creating at the moment? Cool. Thanks for asking. Um, I feel like I have been searching for this for like so long and it's been like pivot, 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 pivot. And um, I finally landed on this thing that I'm so jacked up about uh, and excited to... Um, well, I, it's what I'm working on. And so <clears throat> the people who I like love the most are health coaches and wellness practitioners, the chiros, mm -hmm. the physios, mm -hmm. the therapists, the people who heal the body. Mm. And I like just recently realized that I've spent 14 years learning all about the business side of things, sales, marketing, finances, business plans, all the things that these professionals don't even touch like you were saying <laughs> earlier. <laughs> and, and so we have all of these certified practitioners who can literally like heal the world. Mm. Um, and, and so I want to do my part in empowering them and like, and supporting them and their missions. Um, and uh, yeah. And, and basically uh, support as many wealthy healers as mm. I can. And um and so that's, that has been the, yeah, so I have a, uh, it's called the Wealthy Healer Formula, and it, it basically is that uh, program and process where I guide people through 
the mindset of an, being an entrepreneur, stepping into that business plans, financial plans, mm. building out their digital assets from websites, content funnels, and then learning sales and marketing side um, so that they can ultimately become, uh, yeah, what I would call a wealthy healer. And, Amazing. Uh, and so that they can heal the world. And, mm. and the more people I can help, I feel like the healthier the world will be. And in that way, it's like that just lights me up. So that that's what I'm working Amazing. on. Amazing. That's such a necessary a necessary venture that um that's that's super exciting. And I'm stoked for you that you've landed on it because I know that feeling of like, oh not quite, pivot, yeah. pivot. And then when it clicks, you just like yes. it's, it's such a cool feeling because it's literally like the last year has been really like shifting out of financial planning into mm. business coaching. And then it's like, do I work with couples? Mm. Uh, no, because usually one's on board and you got to sell two people for, no, it doesn't work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like testing. No, yes, this uh, entrepreneurs, no, too broad. And then it's like, it's weird too. Cause once you like hit it and you get that alignment, and you start putting stuff out into the world and the feedback comes back. It's like, yes, yes. And you just like, you know, yeah. that is such a fucking cool thing. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Congratulations. I'm stoked for you. Yeah, Amazing. Um, yeah. And so you tell the listeners where, where they can find you. I know you hang out on Instagram a bit, um, websites, links. I know you got your course coming up. So yeah, yeah. share, share away. Uh, yeah, Instagram. I, I just, uh, you heard of TikTok? I just got TikTok. The other I day. have heard of it. I heard, I've seen Gary Vee talking about yeah. it and I was yeah. like. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's weird because it, it's uh, like everybody's 13 on there. So yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not on there, but I do have a profile. Uh, no, I'm, yeah. I'm mostly on uh, Instagram. Uh, yeah. My handle is Dan Harrison Consulting. Uh, website is danharrisonconsulting.com. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a course called The Course in Conscious Wealth, uh, which is primarily for entrepreneurs who want to get the foundation set, which is mm -hmm. like the mindset, the business plan, and uh, understanding personal finance, how to retire early, how to invest. Mm -hmm. So it's a six-week course. Um, awesome. It's like one of my favorites. And, it, and it, inside of that, it's like the space... I was talking about earlier where you want to get immersed inside a culture of generosity and giving. Mm. That's the, uh, that's what that course is about. Um, and that one's uh, doing, I got another course launching at the end of this month of September. Beautiful. So Beautiful. Find all that info on my website. Yeah. Website. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for taking the time. Um, yeah and looking forward to, to doing it again sometime soon yeah you bet thanks so much Tommy and that is a wrap thank you so much for listening I hope you got a lot out of that and enjoyed the conversation as much as I did 
Um, so yeah, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, guys. And if you haven't already, if you're enjoying the content, I've been getting a lot of messages from you all. Um, so yeah, if you have been enjoying the content, please head over to um, the Apple Podcast app and give the podcast a review because that's how we can get the ratings up and get this in the ears of more people to benefit from. So do that. And when you do that, make sure you take a screenshot and, and share it on your on your social media and tag me at Tully O'Connor so I can get around it and, and give you some love there as well. Um, and that's pretty much it. Just I hope hope wherever you are right now, you're having a great day. I hope you're feeling a bit lighter and a bit more excited about creating financial abundance for yourself. Um, and yeah, be sure to go and check out all of, all of Dan's work. He's got a course launching soon. Um, so yeah, if you're vibed with that, then definitely go and check that out. And last but not least, a massive shout out to Will Hearn. He's the man behind the audio, getting these podcasts up and and out each week um, and sounding crispy and I wouldn't be able to produce the show without him. So if you've been thinking about starting a podcast or you're you're in the process of starting it and you're looking for some help on the audio side of things, definitely go and um, hit up my man, Will Hearn. So much love, guys, and I will see you next time.